Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. How you doing? It's great to see everybody. Everybody excited for, uh, for the season? Everybody have a good Thanksgiving. Um, wonderful. I hope so, and I hope everybody had a chance to listen to Brent while I was here. It's always a joy. Having him come back, he you know, was on staff with us seven years, and it's always good to hear from the South African and his wild and crazy life. I got to go by and hang out with him at his, at his ranch, and, um, he, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, I know we got to listen to, we were on the road, so we got to listen to the message, and uh, just, uh, I think he lives by faith, and it's just wonderful. Hopefully that blessed you. Um, if you had a chance to, to listen to that. Um, we had a, f- a great time with family and everything. Our big announcement is our third daughter, McKenna, got engaged. That was part of our big, yeah, we're super excited about that. Can I turn this other one on? Do know what we're doing, yes. <laughs> ah, that's much better. Now I can free up here. Um, yes, yeah, so we're super excited about McKenna, and that was a, a big joy for all of us and Chad, of course. And um, but uh, his whole family flew in, and so uh, we got to meet them, and it was a great time. So it was good. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving as well. Um, what else? A uh, couple things. If I encourage you, if you haven't connected and stayed afterwards for Alpha, just for an hour, we end at noon, um, I encourage you this Sunday and next Sunday to be here. Um, we're ending Alpha, and it, it kind of ends with the uh, wrestling with the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk this morning, uh, or this afternoon, or after this time, about who is the Holy Spirit, and the next week is how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and I just encourage you, I think this will be a powerful time in ministry. Already some amazing uh, testimonies, just even of healing and everything from last week. So I uh, just encourage you to, uh, to do that. Don't feel like if you haven't been to any Alpha, it doesn't matter. Come and uh, hang out with us. We'll have a coffee and everything and then gather back in here um, at 11 for that. Also, I just hope this season, um, we're going to talk about that this morning that uh, you will take time, uh, I know things are so, it's just busy, right? But um, to gather with one another, reach out, right? Just take some time to sit back and say, Lord, who, who can I, who should I call? Who should I invite to our table? Who should I take out for a coffee? Who should I reach out to maybe that needs, right, some, uh, some fellowship, right, uh, some relationship, especially during, right, this season? And that is in line with this series, been a First John, um, talking about this is love. What is love and what is the body of Christ, right, all about? So we're in, um, this morning, we're going to continue our series um, in First John, if you have your Bibles. Also, there's the Bible underneath the seat in front of you. If you want to follow along, we're in um, chapter 3 of First John. And I'm going to, uh, we're going to talk about verses 11 through 24 um, this morning. 
And um, I don't even have the clicker. Well, I'm just off, off, all on all. Could you just, oh, we don't have, sorry, we don't have the slides. So that's even better. We don't even have slides. So, uh, um, but I want to talk this morning um, about this. Um, yeah, pay, I, I do have my paper Bible. That's all I need. Hey, none, none of the guys in the Bible needed, you know, technology. It was, so we're going to just go pure word this morning. Um, Let's talk about this issue, what John is, is speaking about, again, more than any of the apostles. He was the beloved disciple. He was the one that understood the love of God. And, uh, and he had a deep pastoral heart for the family of God and what church should be. And so I want us just to drill in this morning on two really critically important things. Um, and they are, how do we love each other and how do we minister to each other? And those are to go together. And um, let me just pray for our time uh, this morning. Father, we come to you, Lord. Uh, Holy Spirit, come. We don't need more steps and notes and and information, really, Lord. We, We have tons of information. What we need is you, God. We need you to break in. We need your spirit to come and bring your word and bring the information, bring what we know now alive. We want to meet with you. Lord, this is the season, the Advent season, where we celebrate your coming, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, this phenomenal, incredible good news that how much you love us and you desire to commune with us. You've given us of your Holy Spirit to be with us to bring the life of God, your life, to abide in our soul. Lord, overwhelm us with your love. Overwhelm us, Lord, with the privilege, the unbelievable calling of being a child of God. And Lord, let us shine, as you call us, to be a light. Let us learn to live in that love. Lord, as your word says, they'll know we're Christians by our love. And Lord, forgive us. We have, in many ways, failed at that. Help us to love each other and to be a light and learn how to truly minister to each other, Lord, in, in truth and indeed, Lord, as we're going to see this morning. Come, Lord. Just, we want fellowship with you, God. You know where every heart is this morning. You know what everybody's wrestling with, Lord. You know the thoughts and intentions of our very being, Lord. May we be exposed before you, Lord. May we be open to conviction this morning. Lord, may we be encouraged. Lord, may you infuse us with your joy. Let joy break out, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in this series, um, I've been asking us all to just try a little experiment. And in preparation and coming to church is just to ask this question of the Lord. Lord, show me this morning who I can love. Just show me. And I, I hope you'll take that because I truly believe if, if the body of Christ truly took that little thing very seriously, it would change the countenance of how we come to church. It would change how we look at church. And it would put each of us in the proper role of we are the body of Christ. And we're to love one another. 
And it would also turn this community into a community of love, right, where um, that, that is something radically different than what anybody can find anywhere else out in culture is they would find the family of God, a true family where they're experiencing a love and a ministry um, that they have never seen or experienced before and it is attractive. This is when we read the Bible, this is what was drawing people because isn't it interesting that Jesus calls us the body of Christ, his body. We're to be Jesus, and not, not, not any one of us can be that. Only Jesus is that. But think about it. When the body comes together, he spreads his gifting out among us, and when we come together, we can be Jesus if we are loving each other, if we are upholding up each other, if we're each playing our part in loving and using the gifts that God has given us to be the body to a world that is desperately in uh, need of the love of God and being reconciled, having our hearts right reconciled to, to God. And uh, just this simple little thing about coming, waking up Sunday morning, Lord, I want to listen to your spirit to inform my mind, my emotions, and rather than getting all caught up in all the stuff we do, distracting us, Lord, spirit, speak to me. Who? Show me who I can love practically this morning when I come. Who can I serve? Who can I, whatever it is, is, you know, Lynn, Baker, if you, oh, she's back in the booth, serving in the booth, but, you know, give thanks to all this beautiful Christmas stuff. She was here serving you, right? Loving you, right? Through putting up all this, right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just little things like that, just noticing, right, how people, the people at the cafe, whatever it may be, the people up here leading us in worship, right, the people downstairs that are way down in that, uh, that area down there that most have not even ventured, right, serving and loving our kids and whatever it may be, or the person that just gives you a phone call. Um, I heard, what was it, two Sundays ago, just an amazing testimony, um, <clears throat> a wonderful testimony of someone who came up to me and they just had to tell me just how one of our, our, uh, our folks here just reached out to them and it changed the course of their, of their week. Folks, we all need that. That's being the body of Christ. And uh, we need to be available to be used like that. And the only way to do that is to make ourselves first vertically available to God. Lord, let me be a vessel. I need your spirit to inform me and to love through me, right? Because, man, we understand when we start asking this, this request is we start really understanding how much flesh, how much of my mind, my emotion, my will is really just myself, my flesh, right, consumed with me, what I want to do. And it's really a convicting thing to realize, wow, this spiritual life of living the Holy Spirit inform me um, is a big deal. But it's a glorious deal once we start to learn to let the Spirit inform us, fill us, lead us, keeping in step right with, with the Spirit of God. Now here's the deal. The big picture is that Jesus came, Ephesians 1 tells us, that God's primary purpose was through Jesus to reconcile everything on earth and heaven together again. It's a restoration of back to Eden, but it's something that's inside every single one of our hearts. Through all history, there is this dissatisfaction. I heard a preacher this week um, mention that one of the greatest evidences of God 
is dissatisfaction. Is it where did that come from? If we evolve like, you know, all of the real smart people in colleges try to tell us, where does the idea of me being dissatisfied, where does that come from? Why is it we never satisfied with being happy enough, being joyful enough, having enough, right? Um, and looking towards life and everything. There is this sense of we were created, right, with this capacity of eternity in our hearts. Ecclesiastes tells us, right, to have fellowship with God. We were created for love. We were created for community, right, and friendship far beyond what many of us have probably even experienced in this life. Where does that come from? It comes from a glorious, loving God who lives in perfect community and love. And the dissatisfaction comes from a fallen world going all the way back to Genesis and God is bringing it back together. And he's bringing all things, heaven and earth, together through Jesus. And he begins by making us reconcilers, right? People who are to love and bring Jesus to others and to be reconciled. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul says, right, be reconciled to God and you've been an ambassador if you know Jesus, if, if he has saved you. If the life of God is inside you, the spirit of God is, you are to be an ambassador for Christ. You are to be reconciling the world and people to Christ. It's to lead them to him, to the one who has life and power, right, in his, uh, through his death, his resurrection. And um, this is, folks, what church is supposed to be. Church is supposed to be this incredible environment when the family of God The brothers and sisters in the faith come together in the presence of God and love each other and serve each other and worship God, right? And our vertical worship should inform our horizontal love and service is it's where heaven and earth come together. Now that would change the context of church, wouldn't it? If this truly was a place where heaven and earth come together. You read the book of Acts. Heaven and earth came together when the body came together. When we worship, like that amazing song, that's my favorite song right now, um, is, uh, man, and you get a little glimpse of, of what God has prepared for us. The importance of worship coming in here and bringing a sacrifice of praise is when we worship the Lord, right? We bring his presence in here. We bring heaven and earth together. It's a touch of heaven, right? And we, as Hebrews 12 says, we enter into this glorious heaven and earth worship service when the church praises and lifts the name of God. And by the way, folks, just a little side note is there is nothing probably more profound and quickly changes the context of a person's countenance like being thankful, turning my, my selfish, my, my worrisome anxiety, whatever thoughts I'm dealing with, and just go vertical with it and give thanks unto God for what he's done for me and give him praise for who he is. It is transformative, right? And when the church comes together and we worship is, is that the presence of God, he promises he's with us and this is to be a place where heaven and earth come together. It should be a touch of heaven. It should be a place where the consequences of sin and the flesh and um, the fallenness of this world are ministered to by the power of the Holy Spirit and there's transformation that takes place, right, in 
uh, people's lives. It's when people, the scriptures, somebody walks in and they don't know the Lord, but they're seeking the Lord. They're seeking maybe just community. They're just seeking something. Again, they're dissatisfied and they know that the world has beat them up, that the world has nothing to satisfy uh, their longing for. And they come in, they are to taste heaven. They are to taste the love of God. And, and that's through the ministry of the body, through each of us loving them, serving them, ministering to them in the Lord. And so, how are we going to get there? You know, I, I know many teachers and preachers and books and, and for, you know, you can uh, uh, preach it and teach it to your blue in the face of, you should be in church. You need to come to church, right? I'm sure your parents said it a thousand times, right? Be in church. You got to be in church, right? And does that get people in church? Now, there's a time, obviously. It's just part of being obedient, but... But man, again, this is the scripture. I'm going to look at this briefly here, but we're to come alongside people and reconcile people to God. And the reality is, is if this place, in other words, and this is where John's getting ready to exhort us in the verses we're getting ready to look at, if we truly are loving one another, we have to start here. And the problem is, that I think what's happened in America is that we've gotten so misguided in this sense of how to get people in the door that we forgot that the main command of God is first to love each other. And if you do that, guess what? We're like a light. And just like we see in the book of Acts, people come because they're experiencing a love and a care that is not offered to them anywhere else. And I could go through all the distractions of church that get us off the mark from this, but if we're not loving each other, we're not loving out there. Now, this is really important. If we're not loving each other here, our love out there is corrupted. It's worldly love. It's doing stuff out there to make ourselves feel good, to make the churches like, look good in the world's eyes, whatever it may be. The problem, the main exhortation to, of the church over and over again for John was love one another. Love one another. And so I, I hope this morning just to stir us up a little bit and to kind of come to that. What does that look like? How, how do we do that in this very fragmented, highly independent, right, uh, going down the list of things, world where church is just another option out there. And for people, church is just another option, even if they claim to be Christian, simply because, guess what? We haven't created a place where that love is radical. Right, where heaven and earth come together and where real love and ministry is happening and people are transformed by the power of the Spirit of God. So let's listen to John, and we'll uh, mention a couple things here this morning. It's chapter 3, verses 11 through 24. And again, John, like every verse, is packed full of some heavy theology. So just let's trust the Spirit of God to speak to us this morning. Convict us, encourage us, and fill us with, uh, with his presence, right, and his love. Verse 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning. And remember, John uses that language because there is false teaching now that's gone out. Or hold on. John's thing is over and over again at the church, hold on to the pure gospel. 
Don't let the world and the false teaching and, and everything hold on to the purity of the gospel of Jesus, the beauty and power of it, because it's being pulled from within and from without constantly. Hold on to what you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain. Now, whoa, John goes all the way back to the beginning of the garden to address an issue that happened right out of the chute with the first family to show the radical nature of the fallenness of the world. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. There's a war against righteousness. Not just out there. The world hates righteousness, and we're going to see it here in just a minute. But even within. And you can't truly love one another without loving righteousness because we can't truly love one another unless we're like him. And to be like him, we must obey his commands and be like him, which is righteous. And he died on the cross. He rose from the grave. Right? He became sin when he wasn't sin so that what? We could become the righteousness of God. And that his power could move through us to carry on his ministry and be his family on this earth and reach every tongue, tribe, and nation around the world. Verse 13. Do not be surprised, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. Now that's, that's, that, we're in the midst of that right now. The church, in much of the, the, the seeker-driven model that has right, done all these things to show itself, like, come in the doors, right? We want to entertain you. We want to serve you. And nothing wrong with a lot of that, except that what's happening right now is uh, the world is rising up, and it hates righteousness. It hates the truth of God, it hates what God stands for. And right now, it's pressing in at a way in America that, we haven't experienced before. And that puts people who know the name of God and want to please God into a new position of like, whoa, why so much hatred for the holiness of God, what the word of God says? And John's here to encourage. Don't be surprised. This is the way it's always been. It's ebbed and flowed, but this is what it is, is that the evil one and the world hates righteousness. It redefines what love is and what um, being morally good is. And hates, right, the truth of God. Verse 14, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. That's a powerful statement. John is saying the evidence of my knowing Jesus, the evidence of, of each of us knowing the Lord is that we love each other. The evidence of our true salvation is that we genuinely love each other. Whoa. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Now he's, he's drilling down. What does this love look like? What does it mean to, this isn't the worldly love, this is, this is love that comes from the very character of who God. God is love, as we'll see in the next chapter. And it's not something just made up, right? Our culture speaks about love all day long. No, that's fleshly love. It's worldly love. Love flows from the very character of who God is. 
And now he's starting to define what that looks like. It's really our lives. And we're to do what Jesus did, right? For one another, for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Whoa. Are we caring for one another? Are we concerned about one another? And let me just add a note. I just want to encourage you, Crossroads Church, is I get the joy, and I just want to encourage you in this, that you are doing well, I think. We can always do better. But man, the stories I get to hear about serving, how people in this body are serving the, the needs of others in this body, and this is going to raise the level of what it means to be part of the body, right? Um, and, and in other words, if, if you're just on the fringe, this happens all the time, folks, right? If people are on the fringe and something bad happens and no, nobody serves them, they sit back and wonder and they criticize their church and wonder, why has nobody served me? Maybe it's because I haven't been part of the body. But I want to commend you that I get to hear the stories and, and so well done. But let's press on. Let's excel, right? Still, still more in this. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. In other words, it must be practical. My love of you needs to be practical, not just sit around and talk about things. It needs to be pra- there has to be a practical side of that, and that practical side, folks, is, is time, right? Love, in many ways, equals time with, especially as a parent and child. Friendship, love is time. I'm willing to give you time. You're willing to give me time, right? As well as being concerned, putting each other's interests, as Philippians says, ahead of one another, right? And this is where rubber meets the road and it really comes down to, wow, am I really part of the body? Am I really letting the Lord love through me, right, to to others? And this is what John is pointing out. Verse 19, by this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. God is pure love. And what this means by when our heart condemns us is, folks, John's just drilling down, right? Our heart condemns us when we get guilty for not serving and loving someone like we should. You ever done that? Right, ever thought, even like this, let's just say this morning, Lord, show me someone to love, you know, this morning. You come in and you see something or God puts something, maybe I should take, the, you know, you're like, oh, no, not, not that person or maybe not that issue or, wow, Lord, you want me to pay for that? For No, you know, then we step back and our heart starts condemning us. The Lord says, I told you. Are you going to walk out in obedience on that? This is what John's talking about. And our heart condemns us. In other words, because I'm, I'm pressing against, no, Lord, I'm, no, no, not that person, not that way. I'm going to do it my way, right? There's the flesh welling up, right? And folks, we all, <laughs> this is universal, right? It's just so true. But this is so beautiful because it says, obviously God is greater than our heart, thank the Lord. And he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, We have confidence before him. If we start listening to him, being a vessel of him stepping out in faith when, all right, Lord, I just want to be sure. Is that what you, is that, am I clear here? Right? And then we step out. And we love practically. Um, Is that, wow, Lord, I listened to you. I stepped out. And this is the greatest assurance we can have of the love of God in our life is that when we listen to him and we step out, make ourselves available, vulnerable, available to love and to care, and to even put my mindset is, I don't know about you guys, but I just get so 
uh, just consumed for with everything around me and other things that I don't live in that zone of like thinking about others' needs around me. I have to be jolted, right, to get into that framework, right, and to, and to get out of, of my, you know, thinking I've, you know, got it all handled or, or, you know, just these are the things I think are important. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do what He pleases Him. Because there's a reassurance of this abiding nature of God is he's going to come in favor and power to the people who are open to his voice and to be obedient to what he tells them. First, blessed are the poor in spirit. There's what is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, Lord, I am desperate here. I need your spirit to inform my mind, will, and motion, right, to lead me in this. I'm desperate. I'm poor, Lord. I am controlled by the flesh. You're come. Those are the people, he says, blessed are the poor. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs the ones that are going to be used to bring heaven and earth together in the church context. And God, it says, ask anything. Those are the ones who have a clear channel as such to the throne of God. And there's great assurance before God. That's for all of us. If we'll just listen, right, to his, his voice and encourage each other in this. And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. How many times is he going to... I'm like, John, I think you've said that already. But what's his point? He's like, I got to keep saying this. This is of utmost importance. Love one another, okay? He doesn't say, go out there and do all your social justice. Don't get me wrong. There's a place for that. Your priority is to love one another. All of that will take care of it place in a right context if you first love one another, right? Whoever keeps this commandment abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he's given us. This is the fellowship of learning to let the spirit inform my mind, my emotion, my, my soul, my life. And this is the Christian life, walking with God, keeping step, right, with, with the Holy Spirit, so just a, a couple things here, um, I guess, to, to point out. Um, I, uh, I, I had some notes, but uh, and maybe it's best that I don't have them all right, this morning because I'm all over the place. But, um, you know, I, I, how, how, we know this to be true, right? But I, I think this thing of love one another, we just broaden that thing out, Right? When we miss, the context of that is right here. And I just ask you, just do a little thing with me right now. Just let's stop. Look around you. Look at the people around you. Just, just everybody do it. Just look around. Look at those beautiful faces. Some you know. Some are family. Some are, you know, never seen them before in your life. <laughs> Folks, do you see each other as brothers and sisters? as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Now this is, I'm, I'm going to get a little radical here, but do you realize that when you're said, that transcend, hopefully our biological family is in the Lord, that's the prayer. But do you realize this is the family of God that goes on to live with God for all eternity. This should be heaven 
on earth. A picture of it. And this is what John is saying is love one another. Is this is, if you don't do this, if we don't do this, and, and, and Lord knows that this has not been on my radar like it, like it has needed to be. But if we get this wrong, you know what? Everything else, John just says, you're, you're, you're going to be completely off track. And so how, how do we do that? So I, I would just say, too, as I thought about this, I like it, two things need to happen. As we look around, how do we know each other are brothers and sisters? Like, if I look at you, how do I know that you're a brother, a genuine brother in the Lord, or a sister in the Lord? How do I know that? And so the first step here is, I, I have to uh, have this, this confidence, I have to have the assurance, uh, I have to be resolved in my life that I am a child of God. This is all going to fall apart if, if each of us don't first know I've been saved by Jesus. I've been reconciled to God. My sins have been forgiven. I've been washed and cleansed. And I've been saved. The Spirit of God resides in me as a down deposit of eternal life. I have the assurance I'm a child of God. And you know, don't you, when you meet, travel the world or wherever you go, you know it, don't you, when you run into a brother or sister, like there's that kindred spirit immediately. I think he's a believer. I think he's a brother in the Lord. And so I would just say with all my heart, if you're here and you're not sure of that, and isn't this the biggest issue, identity, confusion right now? Isn't it interesting where the enemy goes? If the enemy can confuse you about who you are, guess what? Everything else is taken care of. You're not going to touch the blessings of God. If he can get you right there, if he can be a little confused and doubt who you are in the Lord, you're not advancing in the kingdom. Impossible. And the church is not advancing in what? Loving one another. And so I plead with you, if you have any doubt whether you're a child of God, redeemed and saved, and what that means... When you gave your heart to him, when you confessed the name Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, not just one other path, the only path. If you don't have that assurance, this is what's happened here. This is where to minister in love to each other, right? To pray and to lead each other's hearts to reconcile with the one who created you. This is what Paul means by you're to be a reconciler, an ambassador for Jesus, to lead people to the Lord, right? And then the second part of that thing is once I'm assured of, and each of us assured of, I'm a child of God, the next thing is to love, do I know who my brothers and sisters are? Now that is going to change the context of church. Just those two things alone. And folks, I think what we've done, we've come together, we've been so worried about what the building looks like, what kind of music, the, the technology, and, and the entertainment, and just go down the list of things rather than two fundamental priorities. Do people here, do they know and have the assurance that they know Jesus? Secondly, is the body here confident in we're brothers and sisters in the Lord? We're the family of God and we're to treat each other that way in light of what Jesus has done for me, I'm going to love you. That would change. That's foundational, right? To what church is all about, what it should be. And, um, and so I just give you those, those two things.
um, please, if you're, if you're not sure, boy, we want to, and, and, and again, I just want to say is, is church should, ministry should be happening. And it's not just what happens up here. The main ministry is what happens out here with each other. And that's why I say is maybe somebody has told you, you know, I've known such and such for a long time. This could be your own child. And I don't have the confidence that they know the Lord. Lord, give me the confidence and the love this morning just to ask them that question. Do you know Jesus? When there, was there a time that you got to pray and, and confess His name and invite Him into your heart and, and to nail that down? Whoa, that... That's loving. That is obeying the scripture, being a reconciler, right, to, to Jesus. This is one reason why people show up in, in church year after year, decade after decade, and no one has ever asked them. No one's ever loved them enough to get into their soul and say, do you know Jesus? Has anybody ever, ever asked you to, to pray, right, to become a follower of Jesus, to confess his name? That's where love begins, right? And then the other one, right, is just brothers and sisters of changing how we see each other, right? I love what Paul says in, uh, I think it's verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and he says this, no longer do we regard anyone purely by the flesh any longer. I said, what does that mean? Folks, it would be a ra- it's a radical thing that happens when we look at each other like no longer according to the flesh, like what you look like, what you're wearing, how much money you have, your job, your... You know what? None of that really matters. In the house of God, remember in the early church, what was wild is you had, you had slave owners, you had you know, very wealthy people with their own servants, both redeemed in the same body, learning how to love each other. You had Jew and Gentile, which was radical. One thought the other were dogs, trying to love each other. That's the power of the gospel, right? No longer look at each other as all those worldly things, how the world does, no longer according to the flesh, but to look at each other as a child of God. Man, God, that is a child, that is my brother, that is my sister in the Lord. And if they don't know the Lord, look at them again as from a standpoint, Lord, they need, you need to reconcile them unto you. Because this idea of you hear, I, I just drives me crazy, this language, oh, I'm just human or just human. If you know the Lord, you're not. If you know the Lord, guess what? This is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God that raised Jesus from the dead. And if you know Jesus, if you're a Christian, is you far from just human. You got the power of God inside you. Amen. Right? So let's lift each other up. Let's keep each other focused on, on what, that's, what that's all about, right? And um, the final thing I'd say here, gang, is, man... Let's know the difference between, right, what my responsibility is versus what God's responsibility is. And folks, I'll be the first to say probably the biggest mistake, I'm going to speak of kind of vocational pastors, ministers now, probably the biggest mistake and problem we run into is we think we have the answers, we can fix somebody, teach them, lead them to Jesus, right, rather than know the role is to introduce you to Jesus. My role is to teach. 
is to model. But my main role is to take you by the hand, to love you, and to bring you to the one and the only one who can heal you and bless you. And folks, when I get thinking about, well, I'm going to counsel you. I got this for you. I can fix you. I got the answer for you. Or I get judgmental and say, ah, you just did this. You need to do that. I go down list of things. And don't get me wrong. There's a time we got to love in truth, right? Got to say the hard things. But that should all be in the context of, Lord. but look, I got to reconcile only the Holy Spirit is going to really transform you. And this, folks, in a healthy church means that we understand each of us is responsible. Nobody else. I can't do it for you. The church can't do it for you. So when you have people complaining, wow, the church doesn't do this. The church doesn't have this program. The church doesn't have that. This or that. That means they're not taking responsibility for their own spiritual life. And that's an entitled attitude that will move no one nowhere. I'm responsible for God, for faith, for me, taking steps of faith according to the word of God. I need you to hold me accountable. I need you to encourage me and to keep me going on that path. And that's how we love one another. Does that make sense, gang? Is to not get confused. What is God's role? What is my role? And to make sure when we love each other that we don't try to do God's role, that we need to realize everybody has to, by faith, do our role, right? Before each other and before God and loving one another. So just a, a couple practical things here. Well, hopefully some of that's been practical. Um, Derek, y'all come on up. Um, I just, uh, I was thinking about, okay, well, what are some things? This is, some of these aren't new, but I think especially coming into this season, I just want to give you a few things to think about. And sometimes just a reminder, I know it is for me because you get busy. And when you get busy, you forget Wow, I, I should have done this. I should have invited this person. I should have whatever. So here's just a couple practical things for this season. Is, um, and these are things, obviously, that are all within the scripture. Uh, the first one is this, is, is folks, gather together. You can't be the body. You can't, you can't grow in, in, in understanding who you are and who your brothers and sisters are if you're not with each other, right? And so make it a point, not just, not just the gathering, but also micro-gatherings, micro smaller gatherings, adding someone to your table. This season, Lord, who should we invite? Who should we invite home, right, to be there, or out to lunch, whatever it is, is, is host each other, host each other in each other's homes. Hey, I haven't had a chance to hear such and such story. Man, I want them to come over. We're going to have dinner. I want to hear your story. I want to hear what you're all about, right? Another one is... Um, is just what we just said here, folks. Wow, how about if I, we start looking at each other as brothers and sisters, we're going to live together for our eternity. Think about that. We better start doing it now. <laughs> Learn how to do it now, right? Learn to enjoy each other. Learn to value each other's uniqueness, right? Don't regard each other according to the flesh any, any longer. Right, if you and, and we naturally do what somebody looks like, what they do, what they just go down the list of things, right? That's the world. No, no, Lord, I'm, put that aside. I want to show me who that person really is. And then guess what happens? You start to dress, we start relating to each other according to who we really are. And we call out that beautiful giftedness. The sad thing is, there are people in, all, in here, right? Your giftedness, who you really are, your passions, everything, they haven't been pulled out. They haven't been set loose in this church. I look around here and there's men and women who are brilliant, who've accomplished amazing things in the world and who are more than available to have lunch with you and give you some wisdom to take you to another level. 
But have you asked the Lord, show me someone in the body who can jolt me in the place of my vocation, where I'm in, at in life. I see people in here who, who have beautiful marriages, beautiful families. They weren't always that way. have been through all kinds of trouble. who would love to sit with you and bless you when you have relational questions. But have you asked God to bless you that way, right? And so let's not regard each other according to the flesh. Let's hold each other to the truth and righteousness, Right? There is this entitled writ empathy thing today is, no, God calls us to be truthful. You can't love, truly love, if we're not truthful with you. So I, I, by faith, have to be able to say the hard thing in love. And I have to be able to receive that as well, right? And that pushes us on, right, to greater things. Be concerned for others, right? Interests and needs. Lord, show me somebody just to bless, Show me somebody to bless. Show me somebody to serve. I mean, we just go down the list of things, right? And again, I see and hear awesome testimonies of you all doing that. But let's do it, especially this season, right? And the final one, <clears throat> folks, is man, let's be reconcilers. Because you know right now there are many people, children, adults, parents, grandparents, who are running from God, running from His church, running from God, running from the faith. And they need people just who are full of the love of God stepping out towards them and grabbing them, being with them, and reconciling. Lord, show me. Interceding for their hearts as the prodigal to come back into the house of God, to come back under the blessing of the house of God. That is what he calls us to. Be reconcilers. Be ambassadors for Christ. Right? You can't change them. I can't change them. But what we can do is go and let God love through us to them to bring the truth of God and to be there and not let them wander right? without walking alongside them. Make sense? Those are just a few. There's many other ways and, and uh, hopefully we can see God do something great. right? Because this is where heaven and earth meet. And if that happens, folks, there's an explosion of light that can't keep people away. And folks, when we gather, all things are possible. Do you hear me? Where heaven and earth meet, all things are possible. All things. And when that faith rises up and we minister according to, because it's not me, it's not you who can do anything, but we're going to call upon a God who can. Let's see what he does. That kind of childlike, you know, kind of expectation and, and just excitement. God, what are you going to do today? That's what church should be. So don't leave here if you need ministry, if you need prayer, if you need encouragement, if you need healing, if it's, doesn't matter what it is. And it doesn't have to just be from some of the leaders up front. It's right there, right? It's right there. So Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, help us. Help us love one another, Lord, to learn what that means, God. We need you, Lord. We have no ability to do that ourselves. It's just a cheap imitation, Lord, that gets so easily corrupted. We want your love, God. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Reconcile our hearts to you, God. In Jesus' name.
Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.